on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We'll begin with some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. It was announced earlier this week that LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, and Brent Spiner will join Patrick Stewart for the third and final season of the Paramount Plus series, Star Trek Picard. A Los Angeles judge has ruled that the Walking Dead producers were not cheated out of profits they were owed for the show. Judge Daniel J. Buckley rejected the producer's claim that AMC Networks had reverse-engineered the definition of profits in their contracts in order to keep the majority of the show's revenue. The lawsuit was filed in 2017 by Walking Dead comics creator Robert Kirkman, producers Gail Ann Hurd, David Alpert, Charles Egley, and Glenn Mazzara. This four years after the show creator Frank Darabont filed a similar suit. Darabont was fired after The Walking Dead's first season. Darabont and his agency uh, was, were awarded $200 million in their case against AMC last summer. But AMC continued to fight Kirkman and the other producers. Judge Buckley had previously ruled in AMC's favor in 2020 in a mini-trial focusing on the appropriate definition of modified adjusted gross receipts. Judge Buckley held that the terms of the producer's contract with AMC were clear, unambiguous, and legally binding. Plaintiffs revised their suit in 2021, arguing that even if the terms were clear, AMC had nevertheless breached the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing by concocting a bad faith definition of modified adjusted gross receipts after the success of The Walking Dead was apparent. Judge Buckley was not swayed by that argument and found the producer's own expert testimony showed that the modified adjusted gross receipts definition was not atypical and was not specifically and malevolently crafted to deny plaintiffs the benefits of their contracts. The producers have reserved their right to appeal the ruling and may still proceed to trial on accounting claims. Some anniversaries this week. Snoopy's pal Woodstock first appeared in the Peanuts syndicated comic strip 55 years ago on April 4, 1967. Star Trek's first contact day was April 5th. That's all about celebrating the historic first interactions between humans and Vulcans on that date in 2063 and the achievements of Zephram Cochran, who discovered the space warp for humanity. The event was memorialized in Star Trek First Contact and is now celebrated annually. And April 7th marked 89 years since RKO Pictures' stop-motion animation epic King Kong opened in theaters way back in 1933. 
Sony's Morbius took first place at last weekend's domestic box office, earning $39 million in its opening weekend amidst generally poor reviews. This week, it is likely to come in behind Sonic 2, which opened yesterday. Sonic earned $6.3 million behind Thursday preview screenings and is projected to garner as much as $69 million this weekend. On today's show, we're talking about some of these news items and more. But first, here is the spoiler-free review of Morbius. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Sony Pictures continues its foray into the comic book character realm with Morbius, expanding the shared universe it has established with Venom and keeping fans' hopes alive for a crossover with the Web Slinger. I mean, they keep making movies featuring his enemies. Stands to reason that we'll eventually get there. And there was that teaser at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. The Michael Morbius character made his debut in 1971 in the pages of The Amazing Spider-Man number 101. Created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane, he was one of the more macabre villains in Spidey's rogues gallery. Morbius was known as the Living Vampire. The movie follows the broad strokes of the comic's origin story. Brilliant biochemist Dr. Michael Morbius is seeking a cure for a rare degenerative blood disease from which he has suffered since childhood. He finally becomes convinced the solution can be found in an experimental cross-species treatment using vampire bats. Morbius is aided by his colleague, Dr. Martin Bancroft. He is successful, but the side effects of the treatment are horrific. Morbius takes on the characteristics of a vampire with heightened strength, speed, and senses, as well as a thirst for blood. He is able to satisfy this thirst using a blood substitute he created. However, this is temporary, as the substitute becomes less effective over time. Later, and without his knowledge, Morbius's childhood friend, Lucius, who suffers from the same rare condition, takes the experimental serum. Lucius is wealthy and has been funding Morbius's experiments. Unlike Morbius, Lucius embraces the side effects and embarks on a killing spree to slack his thirst. Morbius is faced with a dilemma. Can he overcome the deadly side effects of the treatment to himself and his friend? Or will Lucius kill him in order to remain a vampire and avoid the otherwise inevitable progression of their disease? Morbius observes the source material. In that way, it's a well-made comic book adaptation. Like Venom, all it's missing is Spider-Man. I'm not crazy about these movies that feature villains or transform them into anti-heroes for convenience sake, but I give credit to director Daniel Espinosa for following the source material. What Morbius has is a lot of action, but it doesn't have much substance. It looks good, and it kept me entertained. More about what I liked. The cast. Jarrett Leto is a fine actor. He is versatile and displays a great deal of depth with the various characters he plays. In many ways, he's wasted in this movie. Matt Smith plays Lucius, also known as Milo, in what is a private joke with Morbius. Smith is also an excellent performer who seems to have taken on this role for the paycheck, although he excels with the material given him. Rounding out the cast are Adria Arjona as Martine, Jared Harris, Tyrese Gibson, and Al Madrigal. I liked that comics creators Roy Thomas and Gil Kane got writing credits. Beyond that, I'm honestly groping for stuff. I like the effects. I like the music. I liked this movie. I really did. I just wish I could say it was a good movie. It just isn't. 
With a runtime of only 1 hour and 44 minutes, it didn't require a major investment of time, and it's almost ridiculously fast-paced. And there's some enjoyable post-credits scenes that tie the movie into the rest of the Sony Marvel pantheon, so we may yet see Spider-Man interact with the likes of the living vampire and Venom. But none of that makes up for the substance this movie lacks. Morbius isn't some highbrow movie that asks you to think, offers commentary, or makes a statement. The positive is, is it doesn't pretend to be that kind of movie. It isn't filet mignon, it is bubblegum, or possibly popcorn, caramel popcorn. It requires no thought and is easily dismissed immediately after you leave the theater. Morbius is rated PG-13 for violence. There isn't any sex or questionable language. Ultimately, you'll likely see as much violence as in a streaming movie or on cable television. Nevertheless, I'd hesitate to bring the kids. And it might be too scary for the younger ones. An enjoyable but insubstantial movie-going experience. One and a half stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it, the official spoiler-free FF review of Morbius, which opened in theaters last week. Uh, hey, look, the movie sucks. I just can't, you know, can't tell you any other way. It and um, it's it's lines of all time because you're just like, yeah, it was all right, but that doesn't mean it was a good movie because it wasn't. Like, <laughs> well, and you know that is actually part of the problem because uh, most of the time people mistake a good movie for a movie that they like. And I hear all the time folks say stuff like, oh, I liked it. It was really good. And no, that's, you liked it. That doesn't mean it was really good. All that means is you liked it. There's plenty of stuff that I like that, frankly, totally sucks. <laughs> but I know that it sucks. And I, it, 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 I, I am objective enough to say, yes, I liked this, but it really wasn't well, actual I'll, quality thing. I'll tell you, too, like, it... I didn't discount it at first, and the reason why is because there have been plenty of comic book movies that have been made, and like under the under the premise of why should anybody care? Okay, a perfect <laughs> example of this would be uh, Peacemaker. Like, I don't True. care about that character. I was not interested in that. But it was well made. Guardians of the Galaxy. But like, a good director and a good cast can make something interesting. But the problem is, is Morbius was neither of those. No. Nah. Like. I wasn't interested to begin with. Not only that, the reviews were were awful. Like, yeah, no, well, there, Jared there's Leto, no. Again, yeah, it's just hard to stomach. Exactly, he's also a yeah, human. Apparently, he's a really him. objectionable human being, which <laughs> I didn't know. But yeah. A yeah. pedophile? Straight My up. God. Well, Wait, when you're had, in a band has, like has, that, it, it gravitates you towards this weird godly complex, and it's what he's done yeah well all right yeah. well, not only that he gets he gets like all this praise for being this amazing like rock singer and he's got a cool rock band uh. and like women have fawned over him since the 90s since he was in my so-called life like yeah like you want to talk about like an inflated ego he's not like, a young Jared guy Leto thinks that he's 50 he, no Jared yeah. Leto thinks that he, he is looks like great gift but everything that doesn't mean anything if your soul is trash. Huh. Well, and I was surprised that he was as old as he was. I mean, I I hadn't watched him Ouch. in my so-called life. Maybe he really and, is a vampire. Uh, well, but you know, Morbius isn't actually a. He's not a real vampire. No, he's not. He's like you're you're a, you're a science vampire, you know. And uh, but yeah, there again. So. Um, but yeah, look, and people were asking me, it's like, should I go see it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, do you want to see it? I don't care. I mean, it's, you know, and I mean, but I'm, I'm past the point now uh, where I tell people, oh, you should see this, you should see that. I don't know. 
I mean, what do you like? I mean, go, you know, see what you like. Do what you want. I, man, you know, it's, it, it ain't up to me, you know. Thank heavens. But you know? I don't understand how Marvel is. I, I understand basically that Marvel has this deal with Sony and they're basically bound. And, but Mar Sony seems to be obsessed with doing 90s movies in terms of their superhero franchises. In oh, with like Venom and Carnage yeah, and Morbius. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like a, they're diminishing returns in terms of how people perceive the Marvel brand. And this has to affect the Marvel brand because people will not make a distinction between, you know, Marvel and Sony. All the stuff is old, though. I mean, you know, all. I mean, everything. <laughs> Daredevil. How long ago did Daredevil and come out? So Luke Cage. That's can fifty pull years from. ago. Yeah. You know, Which is I mean, what they own. Yeah. I mean, now that you know, we got Daredevil back, we got Deadpool back, we got X Men back. There's hope, <laughs> but the I'm ones that are still in limbo get, with Sony, it's like, uh, why? I'm surprised that they get Punisher because wasn't Punisher first published in a issue Spider-Man? Yeah. And again, it, we're talking about early 70s. That was like 73. How the heck they didn't get that as part of the deal? I mean, it all happened from the late 90s with Marvel, you know, selling huh. off the rights. And then, you know, just how, how many hands it got into and it became very dirty, especially with Fox. Well, and A perfect example, though, you just mentioned, you said it was the early 90s. And why would Sony want access to the Punisher when the last thing they saw with the Punisher was that awful Dolph Lundgren version of it. So they <laughs> yeah. probably they probably looked at it and they were just like, eh, we're good. We'll leave the Punisher. Like, that that would be my guess, you know? Hmm. But uh, I wonder basically what's going to happen in terms of the Sony multiverse now that they basically had this humongous tumbling uh, with Morbius. Uh, because they wanted to basically continue milking the the villains they're going to be doing craven the hunter next i believe and mm, yeah mm -hmm. so but with no way home you have such a plethora of things that we're doing and now it's the multiverse so anything is game i mean we're talking mm -hmm. another amazing spider-man we're talking more toby Maguire movies like that's how these villains will pro probably flesh out well roberto were you talking about because um, camille i understand what you have been and it seems now though basically i mean because hell it's been a week and nobody cares anyway but um at the end of morbius they brought in the vulture Okay. And he's yes, in, uh, you know, one of the, the um, exactly, you know, and he's ah, in one of the so uh, cool. post-credit scenes. And apparently in the aftermath of Spider-Man No Way Home, um, he ends up in this universe, in yep. the Morbius universe. And it's like, oh, whole new universe. Well, and then we Ho have food's what, the symbiote here, you know? left over from, from Venom at the... The, yeah, which, the end of uh, No Way Home. Yeah. So it's like, it's just opening a lot of different possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? Like, okay, I'm going to get up on my soapbox, and I'm ready for my hot take that no one else is going to like. Which <laughs> I, don't, I don't like what they're doing. Wait, 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 like, wait. I, why would you think wait, we would be upset by that? Hold that thought. <laughs> hold that thought. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I Oh, you know something? Mike, you started talking right after the frickin' review, and I didn't I did. even introduce everybody. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, know yeah, us by now. That, well, you know, and I just let familiar. it go, because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just, yes, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford and Camille Richardson and Roberto Ortiz. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we were Thank just you. talking about, uh, well, we were just talking about... Well, not exactly Morbius, but sort of the direction of Mike the... Mike shattering our dreams? 
Ha ha ha. Yes, yes, yes. Mike, I think, was getting ready to shatter our dreams. Mike. All right, go on. I don't like that everything is a multiverse now. Um, I, I, I get it, and I appreciate it, and I enjoyed Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. But they did this already in Loki. They True. are continuing to do True. this in uh, the Marvel What If. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's doing this now, and like they need to kind of pull the throttle back a little bit and like just focus on like individual stories. I get it. I understand that everybody's excited because this means that the sky's the limit. But every single movie that's going to be coming out soon for Marvel is going to be like this. Because what's the next big Marvel thing that we got coming up? Doctor Strange 2. And that's another that's very, very similar to the Spider-Man stuff. And I get it. It's kind of a continuation because of what Spider-Man did and the whole thing. But like you can't keep going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what they seem to be doing. Now I could be completely wrong. That's cool. I've been wrong before. I can accept that. But like, <laughs> I just, it, it's just not sitting right with me, man. I think and, we're like, still going to have some I, things focused though. I mean, yeah. with, with Ms. Marvel, with, you know, Moon Knight, we're still going to have some things focused, but I mean, yeah. the fact that we're going into like the, the wizardry, if you will, with Wanda and Doctor Strange. Like, what a perfect time to really delve into what the multiverse is. And Mike, oh, yeah. one thing and, I... Like, w- I'm looking forward to the weird, by the way. Let me just <laughs> state that. I'm Rainey, really looking yes, forward Sam to Sam Raimi will bring it. But here's the thing. Oh, yes. if, uh, if you hate big, Hollywood loves big. And I'm going to bet you cash that I'm old. So I remember back in the day when studios used to do uh, co-productions like Tower Inferno and things like that, where multiple studios basically would work together to do one movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a bet. And I'm going to pay you one buck that within the next five to ten years, they're going to announce a DC versus Marvel movie. I mean, DC's got to get their ass together. Yeah. Like, come on. But, <laughs> We're yeah. a long way away from the, that. But yeah, it, it'll happen eventually, but it ain't yeah. going to be in the next ten years. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I don't... I mean, as... Right now... Please. There's no reason for Marvel to do this. That would Agreed. be it would be great for DC yeah. for Warner Brothers, but Marvel's like, eh, what's our motivation to help you all out like that? I mean, when they got billion yeah. dollar movies that are just cranking out without the DC characters, there is absolutely no reason for them to do it. Now again, Let's they will but no, but I tell you so, you know, you know when that is actually likely to happen though, Roberto, is when Disney ultimately buys DC. Also, and I when you have all of happening. them, Warner Brothers is the only one that can go toe to toe with Disney. And Warner Brothers, I mean, they're just that they're IP, failing so hard. But that IP, <laughs> the merchandising so rights hard. of that it's, IP is worth billions. It's, yeah. There's no way Warner Brothers would let that go. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about bit, letting. That man was good. And I don't see Disney buying talk Warner about Brothers. Letting, I mean, you, Warner Brothers you, you put enough zeros on the back of the check, and all of a sudden, Warner because Warner Brothers is old Hollywood. They make movies. I mean, the comic book thing, uh, yes, our little comic book characters, whatever. But those movies have not, I mean, outside of Batman, and they may sell them everybody but Batman, but, you know, outside of Batman, they those movies have not been, in recent times, as lucrative well, as... And also, look at how they restructured all of DC Comics, too. And how many of the editorial staff they got rid of, how they've changed the way they're doing their money, and they want it all forced to movies and things like that and not even the comics i could see if the the movies and the shows don't do well enough over time that they'll start shifting that too like again at the end of the day it is money Mm mm-hmm no exactly yeah Mm -hmm. it's 
It's just one of those things where, like, my when I'm looking back on my favorite MCU movies, they're not the big, ginormous, like every single character. I I yeah. like individual mm-hmm. stories. I like I like learning about the ins and the outs of of an individual character. Yes, some of the big ones are interesting to watch, but like I I prefer a more intimate story. I, I want to know the ins and outs, which yeah. I don't know if we'll talk about it. It might just be a. That's why I'm kind of enjoying this new Halo series right now because we're getting a lot of depth about a few characters instead of every single thing that's in the entire Oh, oh trust me, we got to see the, the Master Chief in detail. Uh, you know, you know I, I'll, 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 let this go just, I'll let this go just a little, but Camille hasn't seen it. And so, you know, we're, we're cutting out a quarter of our panel if we try and go down the rabbit hole. And then I will say... It was just a, I, pa- it was a passing comment. That well, no, hey, look, I, I'll say I'm, I am really enjoying this show. I'm enjoying this show so much um, and Halo you haven't now. played it, have you? So you're just oh, going no. into it without having yeah. played the game oh or anything. No, so this is no. all brand new. I just like watching this show. So as I a, mean, someone yeah. has no in- info, it's it's good to jump into. Yeah. The oh, world absolutely. It's exciting. Okay, mm-hmm. without spoilers, the world building is yeah, very you good. Do not, yeah, you do not need to have played the game. Yeah. There's a lot of little Easter eggs for people who did play the game. Okay. Because like I, I, I did. I did. Sure. Like I played the heck out of that game when I was uh, in the <laughs> military, for instance. Yeah. But like it's, yeah, no. There's, there's little things where you're just like, oh, that's cool. But like, it's just a good story across the board. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, I'll have to check that out. And the cool thing is that what they're doing is uh, the world building is fantastic. It's very good. The production design is incredible. The visual effects are really good. Okay. Um. They're, it's not a cheap show. It's it not Oh, a, no. They're spending a ton of money on that. And, and wow. let me tell you something about that. I thought that The Wheel of Time was an expensive show. No, I'm is. pretty sure they're spending... E- and that was like $10 million per episode. I'm pretty sure they're spending more on this. On one throwaway scene, for the love of God, one throwaway scene. Remember on the pilot when they just have a whole bunch of uh, soldiers show up for one gag... And I'm thinking, oh my God, they basically are showing everything, the ships and everything just for one scene. This mm-hmm. is the kind of budget that the show has. That is yeah. insane. And it's been renewed for the second season too. With new showrunners, which makes you wow, wonder already. basically what happened there. Because I think the current showrunners are doing a good job. So I'm, I kept wondering what happened, what happened, what happened. Yeah, probably somebody wanted more money. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, but all that to say, um, and it's a great thing. I mean, although, what is it? Um, I'm I'm trying to hit the trope. Uh, Lone wolf and cub, you know, is basically what this show is. I mean, it's like, trust me. Hey, look, if you like the Mandalorian, you'll like this. You know, I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. But like the first episode and part of the second episode, yes. But going forward, it hasn't been like that. No, like you and get also, a little Mando's bit of that Western, early on. You know? No, but yeah, me, yeah. But you know what's the, the joke I like to take about the show? It's like remember that meme about are we the baddies in terms of you know if we were the Nazis? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, do, do we have uh, baby handcuffs? Yeah. You know? oh, <laughs> so I keep okay, watching the, the the universe of Halo. It's like uh, are these people supposed to be the good guys? Because good. 
God almighty. Uh, well, their uniforms are kind of questionable. It reminds me yeah. of Starship Troopers. I think it's on In terms purpose. of the unis. Yeah, you know, I mean, and uh, although this uh, this one character, you know what they're called, like the beloved one or whatever, this human who is with these aliens. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and I'll tell you what, I'm looking at the scientist and I'm like, wait a minute, I recognize you. Where do I recognize you from? And then I realized Ronan. You know, she was, uh, you know, the uh, the Irish yeah. chick who was, yeah, the, you know, the handler Show. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sorry, what else? Truman Show. True, true. Oh, oh, yes. She was in Truman also. She was the girl he liked and was yeah. chasing after, and going she, to Fiji and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And she's acting so. in a completely different zip code of everybody. She's really that good. It's like, good. she yeah. is one twisted character, though. And I'm, and, and uh, yeah, but this is where I was going with this. I'm looking at her. And it, she's the one that they've got directing this stuff. I mean, and w what they've apparently done with these Spartans is extremely questionable uh, from yeah. a moral perspective. Yes. And even with this new uh, AI that they have added to the thing now, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, wait, <laughs> you know, it's like, you so you seen don't the last need personal. Yeah, I watched the last episode. That's messed up. Uh, what yeah, it was really messed Dude, up. You know, was, I mean, every which unsettling. way. That was yeah. unsettling. Like yes. this, this show has has really impressed me with like what it can do. That first episode was brutal. It was like yeah. Saving Private Ryan meets sci-fi, and I was like, "This is intense." And then the second one was all narrative, and I was like, "Okay, this is wow, this is incredible where they're going with this." And then the third one, again, like the whole like the questionable morals. Yeah, humans are the bad guys in this. Like you're watching this and you're like, are we really the good guys? In well, this? Like, yeah, you're yeah. wondering, I mean, cause after that first episode, cause those aliens were pretty brutal. Although yeah. you haven't seen what, how, how brutal the humans have potentially been or why we're in conflict with these aliens. We probably mm. did something horrible to them. <laughs> horrible. Well, yeah. Why horrible? Yeah. But see, the humans do what they do. This is part of why I enjoy science fiction, and it, you know, it, I, I take it back to, um, well, the the I'm going to say Star Trek, the original series, uh, first episode, first season episode, Devil in the Dark, because all right, is it a murdering monster or oh my God, it's a mother protecting its young, you know? And when you when when they do that flip later in the episode. And you realize what the motivation of the alien is, and all of a sudden your perspective changes. And this is why I say that science fiction is so valuable culturally because well, Twilight Zone was huge for that yeah, too. I yeah, mean, yeah. that was just yeah. mind bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the idea that you're looking at something one way and yep. then it's almost like a focus group. You get these additional facts introduced, and then you're like, wait a minute. You know, now my perspective has changed a little bit, and I think that everybody can gain value from having that change in perspective because sometimes we are so committed to whatever dogma or whatever idea, you know, that we have. And especially today, because I mean, basically, our perspective culturally is you disagree with me. Therefore, you are my enemy, <laughs> you know, and that is so far a field. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it, it, it's very disturbing to me because there are people out there who are using this as a justification for all sorts of questionable behavior. 
Yeah. And, you know, but they, again, they feel completely justified in terms of what they're doing. I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of people were not taught how to think. That seriously. Well, a lack of empathy, a lack of understanding of others. If you actually want balance and you want, you know, things to be happy instead of going after greed and power. And unfortunately, if, if you, you have more of an ability to do that than somebody else, then unfortunately a lot of humans do go after that. But empathy is but something uh, that so many lack. Yeah. But also, too, on the, on the flip to that as well, like what's really funny about the whole concept of it is like uh, Yuli, I think it was you had said, or it might have been you, um, uh, Camille, that we're not taught to think. Um, yeah. And that's a huge part of it because – like, have you have you guys seen the people who are like, I really wish that Star Trek just wouldn't be so political. Star Wars isn't political. Why are you putting politics into my sci-fi and oh my, my movies? God. Hey, Marvel comics are not political. Like, dude, do you did you really miss that? We're not taught a lot of the well, not we. I mean, I see it. You guys see it. But like, a lot of people out there just don't see these parallels. They don't no. understand you know, that no. like the the X Men was a parallel for like civil the rights. civil rights movement, but also too. Like you want to talk about like what else the X Men stand for right now? The gay rights movement, like yeah. the LGBTQIA community. Like not yeah. only that, Transformers has become a huge thing for the trans community that like nobody puts together. They're like, well, it's supposed to be robots. They're called Transformers. I didn't know. That's interesting. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's, Mike, you are just twisting up so much stuff. <laughs> you, you insidious fellow. <laughs> that's me. That's me, man. Yeah. Well, but but I, I think you're absolutely right about a lot of this. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I, again, I particularly the the criticism of Star Trek, you, uh. know, I, you know, and but comic books, too, because all of this stuff has been, as I've said before, I'll say again, has been inherently political since its inception. You know, I mean, and the multiculturalism of Star Trek. I, I mean, how are you going to get how are you going to get mad? I mean, you know, and I, all right. So I look at. Um, strange new worlds and yeah right so they're bringing in some characters and you know we've got diversity but you look at the original pilot of Star Trek the cage there wasn't a lot of diversity there outside of number one and Yeoman Colt um, you know you didn't really I mean it, it, you were gonna have to do something so as much as I'd like to see Jose Tyler and Dr. Boyce and some of these other characters from that you need some diversity. You know what's mm -hmm. the weird thing? I was I've been rewatching Deep Space Nine. It started last week, and mm. each wait, 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 hold that thought, <laughs> because that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. Among other things, that means that we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like yourself for the continued operation of the radio station. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media. Find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community radio, community media today. We're going to step aside momentarily while we acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters and our sponsors. We're also going to take a moment to promote some of the other fine WERA programs coming up later today. But stick around because Camille and Roberto and Mike and I are going to be back right after this. 
And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And when we took the break, Roberto was getting ready to regale us with something important. (laughs) Uh, I was watching Deep Space Nine uh, last week, and I saw the pilot, and I saw the first two episodes. Oh, that's right, because it started again on uh, Netflix. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, in Netflix, basically, it's about to go, so I'm like, oh, you better watch it again. So because I did the you same. You know, thing it's on Paramount Plus. Yes, I'm sorry, and I, I should know because I was thinking H um, and I, but it's into the second season now on H and I, so I'm sorry. But the fascinating thing to me watching the show is that A, I was able to explain to Jody very quickly using the Ukrainian situation, for the love of God, mm. the story of Deep Space Nine. And it shocked me how well it fit. Number two, it shocked me basically how on the nose the show is about trans rights. How on the nose it's basically the fact that uh, Garak happens to be uh, LGBT. How on the nose, a whole bunch of stuff that back when I saw it in the 90s went over my head. And it's like, now I see with new eyes, it's like, wow, they're not even hiding it. They're, they're no wonder basically so many so many people in the uh, trans community adore the show with the character Jack yeah, Dax. It's, it's very, on very, wow. And I was thinking... Garrick is possibly bi, by the way. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not, the thing. Not trans. I mean, it's, it's the no, cultural no. thing. There's Garrick, who basically is, who probably would be LGBT. There's Dax, who basically, uh, it's an analogy to basically people who basically sh- um, transition in their sexual, um, in their physicality. Because it's not a correction of who they are. It's basically who they are when they were born. And it's stunning to me that anybody would say something that's moronic that all the shows are uh, don't have a political agenda because they always have had this level of commentary and it's they wear their hearts on the sleeve and I appreciate them for it mm-hmm. well they did something that has become perfect because Jadzia Dax yeah because she's a trill like there, there's a symbiotic being, like for anybody who's not familiar with it, there's a symbiotic being and it basically gets passed to a host for decades, for eons, yeah. for generations. Yeah. And Mike, Curzon, if they don't know that listening to this show, they listen to the I wrong program. Again, <laughs> but this is part of our job, Mr. Campbell, is to, <laughs> to, to, to educate. Yes. And there's a, there's a point where um, a Klingon named Curzon, or uh, yeah, a, a Klingon Kor- who has no... Koloff? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, um, core. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Had known um, Dax before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Their current state and says Curzon, my beloved friend. Yes. And yes. they correct them. They say I'm Jadzia now. And then they look. They pull back for a second. He looks them in the face and says Jadzia, my beloved old friend. That's that's like that gets used by the trans community because that's how easy it is to identify somebody's new name. How to not dead name somebody. How to like identify their pro- like it blows me away when people are like pronouns will not plug pronouns blah, blah, blah. like it's it's so ridiculous to think that somebody is like hey I prefer to be called this now this is what I'm going by now and I, like not just yeah. accepting it and, and what pisses me off basically is that I know personally people who are in the trans community and 
uh, kids and adults, and I I get angry because I cannot think of uh, a community that deserves less being targeted. It's, it's a sign of a monster to basically get off your rocks, basically targeting people like that. You know, Roberto, um, my perspective on this is a little bit different as an older guy because, let, let me tell you, when I was coming up, if you couldn't make fun of anybody, you could always make fun of some gay people, and that's not what we called them. You know? Oh, yeah. And, um, but here, here's the thing. As a human, as a thinking, reasoning person, you have a choice. And you can either be progressive in your thinking or you can be regressive in your thinking. Because there was a point where um, I, I, was, um, I was not fully in favor of same-sex marriage. I preferred civil unions. And then my home state of New Jersey, there was an instance where... A same-sex couple, uh, one of them had been critically injured, was uh, in intensive care. The partner showed up at the hospital and was denied the opportunity to visit. And they said, but wait, we have a civil union. The hospital's like, well, we don't know what that is. And at that moment, I threw up my hands. I'm like, oh, now you're going to make me support same-sex marriage because nobody doesn't know what a marriage is. And so I don't know whether the hospital just took the opportunity to act ugly or whether they genuinely didn't know. But... The bottom line was, <laughs> well, hey, look, didn't matter. Bottom line was, these people had a civil union, hospital dinner didn't honor it. I can't be in favor of that anymore. I had to decide what side of history I wanted to be on. Do I want to be on the right side of history, or do I want to be on the wrong side of history? And so, ultimately, it comes, and, and I get it, because you have a certain idea, certain ideas that are reinforced over your lifetime, you know, and I've been challenged by a lot of that, but hey, I, I've been black my whole life, so I'm like, well, wait, I do understand prejudice and oppression, but uh, in a moment of clarity uh, several years ago, I realized I have never faced um, any uh, oppression or persecution for my sexual orientation or for my religion. And in those regards, I am extremely privileged. And I, I think the key is here certain individuals or groups failing to recognize their privilege. Well, also things tend to change people's own narratives, and they want to believe a certain thing so that they seem good in their own eyes and anything that is a change really irks them. I mean, anytime you don't have other perspectives to things, and like if you... And honestly, a lot of religion plays into this. And if you're really on like on it because you're religious, you're not even giving it a chance. I mean, at the end of the day, people should be able to love who they love as long as they are not hurting anybody. A partner is a partner. It there does not go. matter what, you know, sex they are. As long as you're not marrying a dog like, you know, or hurting somebody, love who the hell you want to love. I, like, I grew up with X-Men and it's like you need to accept people and beings for who they are they shouldn't be shunned i mean i'm i'm disabled and i can't tell you how many times i have been shunned or told directly to my face that you know you're not disabled you're not this you're faking it you're doing all of this like there are extreme prejudice prejudices in everything and and, and when it comes down to love how how can you take a giant s on that you know it, it, we need more acceptance. We need more balance. We need more understanding. And I'm going to go back to the point of we need more empathy. 
Yeah. You need more empathy. And if and if you are an outcast, you shouldn't be shunned. Yeah. And that's why I know I think I have, Oh, sorry. Mm, Mike? No, you're good. No, that, I, I was just agreeing. You're good. <laughs> sorry. Go oh, ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Take it away, Roberto. <laughs> That's one of the things I appreciate about Star Trek, that basically the whole point of Star Trek is basically present to you, and Twilight Zone too. Yeah, well, and science fiction. Science we can fiction. we can All say, well, and comedy, yeah, exactly. And Thank even, you. even if you look at someone like Lord of the Rings, even even the smallest person can make the biggest difference in the world. True. It doesn't matter what or who you are, like, as long as you are doing the right thing and you're thinking of others and you're empathetic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the fascinating thing, as the war of Ukraine has demonstrated, is basically mm. is that there's a lot of evil out there in this world, and whoever one of the you can look a lot closer to home oh, oh yeah i i, I agree with the patterns of history i mean this is very much how other things have started you know yeah uh, 80 years ago it, it, it's actually very very unnerving to be watching it and especially to see such a um a force put onto freedom and just obscene oppression and this is such a situation that you know not we're not the only ones that have the big guns now you yeah. know multiple others have the big guns and especially if you're looking at Russia they they will be the ones that will press the red button they won't care so we have to play this like chess this is a completely different era we can't just even you know we can't just do the right thing because we have to play it a certain way because what kind of nuclear disaster is going to happen because of you know one false move but this is we- a challenging challenging time but well. the weird thing is basically is that it's true but history rhymes and one of the things we forget specifically is that Germany at the beginning of the 20th century was one of the most progressive places on planet Earth. Most people yep. don't get this. Psycho- uh, Freud, all the psychoanalysis basically came from Germany and Austria and all that region. And people were super liberal. And then in a period of 10 years, everything went off rails. Well, de- they were demolished after World War One. Absolutely demolished. Mm. And then, you know, the whole reason why Hitler even was able to get to where he got is because he rallied the people. He he had them believe Populism. in this hope. They had, you know, he emboldened them. And, and and we've seen that even in recent years, unfortunately, on our own home soil. And it's 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 interesting to well, it's more than interesting. It's it's scary to watch. And unfortunately, we're just not learning our lessons with uh, the, the, the the rhythms of time. Thing, the scariest thing for me is watching how easily people By? are manipulated <laughs> yeah. and duped. Yes. And like brainwashed and like people that I grew up idolizing people that I grew up like, like looking at as, as somebody that this is who I want to be like, this is who I want to grow up like, yes. and how easily it was for them to be manipulated by, by nonsense, you know, and like, and they continue to do it. And like, you can't get through to them. And like, honestly, that's, that's what's mind boggling to me when people are watching things like Star Trek and they're not seeing this. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. oh, well, this is, this is, uh, I can't believe they're trying to make ice look like the bad guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, I can't believe Star Trek's getting political. Hang on, hold up. You do remember there was a whole movie where we went back in time to save whales, right? <laughs> like, this is the same Star Trek. Like, yeah, no, it, it's, it's mind boggling to me, but like all of these stories they're telling, the best science fiction is a mirror. It's turning it back on you and saying, hey, this is the story I'm telling you, and it's all of this technology and all of this this science in the future, but it's telling a story about where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah. And that so many people miss that. It's just, it, it, again, it's baffling to me. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. 
I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Camille Richardson and Mike Lunsford and Roberto. I, another one of the things I appreciate about Star Trek is basically the whole concept of aggressing, uh, aggressive optimism, which is that I was talking to Jody. Jody's a social worker, and Jody, my wife, and she, um, she's seen stuff, and she sees stuff. And I was explaining to Jody that the cool thing about Star Trek is basically is that it postulated the questions. It's like, imagine utopia, what it would take. And it's all for us to fill in the blanks. And the fascinating thing about it in terms of it being aspirational is the difference it has made. I'm sorry, did you say aspirational or inspirational? Aspirational, okay. that you want mm -hmm. to be this. And how many people's lives have changed because of this show? How many people have become astronauts, yeah. engineers? How many people, seriously, there's a woman astronaut who basically cosplayed as Janeway on the space station. Let me tell you, for the though, love of God, I, uh, I have been shocked that a whole bunch of science fiction shows, stuff you wouldn't expect, Buck Rogers in the 25th really? century for <laughs> yes. Let me tell you something. Um, uh, who is it? Um, uh, crap, I can't think. Jane Gerard. No, no, I'm I'm thinking of uh, the actress that played Erin uh, Gray. Yes, Erin Gray played William Wilma Deering on that show. She inspired so many because you know she was Colonel Wilma Deering and you know in the space directorate, you know Earth space director whatever, and uh, you know pilot, yeah, you know soldier and all that. And she inspired a bunch of young women to go into flying and stuff like that. And I'm like freaking Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I mean, you can find examples across all kinds again you know and camille was saying it's everything it ain't just star trek comics i mean everything i mean even you know? star wars i mean what rebellions are built on hope uh princess uh, leia yeah. you know taught me basically that gender roles don't matter <laughs> actually people in they were protests in europe recently and people were playing to make a point to the to the police the imperial march <laughs> to make a point of what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't mm -hmm. you get it? You're probably one of the bodies. <laughs> I shared it I shared it on social media not too long ago. I don't know if you all saw it. But there was a really, really cool story um, about Leonard Nimoy and how yeah. there were a ton of scientists from all walks, like from all fields, who idolized Spock. And like they would get a chance to meet him and explain to them, like explain to him, hey, this is this great thing that I've done in geology or this great thing that I've done in astrophysics, whatever it was. And Leonard Nimoy had no clue what they were talking about, but he knew how much it meant to them for Spock to be proud of them. And he would, <laughs> in his best Spock voice, be like, I, I see where you came to this de decision and I think that you're really on to something. And they would just gush. And like somebody told, uh, Leonard Nimoy told them like how important it was for the, uh, him to show them how impressed he was with what they had done. And that's that's the power that this has and that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the fascinating thing is also that the power, you have to be very careful. And this is why I feel that media has a responsibility and when you tend to Game of Thrones being an example, uh, to go more into the cynical and nihilist side, uh, side of storytelling, that's the lesson a lot of people take. And you have to be careful. It's a very powerful weapon you have specifically uh, targeted at specific people. And science fiction can teach you to think or it can teach you not to think and start losing your empathy. Choose your poison wisely. <laughs> hmm. That's 
Fascinating. I, I, Camille, <laughs> I was thinking about, because I, I, I happened to blunder across that line in um, Rogue One not too long ago. It was uh, being broadcast on TNT or TBS or something. Such Hadn't seen the movie. movie. Yeah, oh, I had not seen it in a while. It's my, fav- it's my favorite of the new ones by far. Yeah. Oh, it's... Oh, Let God. me tell you something. Jean that Arso scene... My girl. Yeah, that scene about... And actually, the actress was saying that was such a departure for her because ordinarily she's in these uh, uh, Victorian period pieces where yeah. she put it um, uh, uh, talking in a corset. <laughs> you know, that's what she's usually <laughs> doing. So the Jen Erso role was a real departure for her. And, and that whole scene, I mean, and I'm watching that and she's saying, I mean, and, and this is coming on the heels of her earlier in the movie where, you know, somebody, I think it was Saul Guerrero or something, talking about the Imperial banner, and she's like, well, it's not a problem if you don't look up. You know, and, yeah, and she's the one who's basically encouraging the rebellion to launch this attack. And she's like, rebellions are built on hope. And, and then I'm watching Mon Mothma and Bail Organa exchange these glances, you know, and it's like, oh, man, look at this. And then on top of everything, they don't want to do it. And so she's like, I bump y'all. And, and but then her speech was so inspirational that like, you know, out in the lobby, all these guys are like, hey, we're with you. <laughs> it's like, what do you want to do? You know, let's do it. Billy, let me put it to you this way. Brought tears right, to my eyes. Right now in Ukraine, there's people leaving Russian tanks in ruins with the words Wolverines. Okay. Yeah. A la. um, uh, Uh, Yeah, Red Dawn. Red Dawn, exactly. (laughs) It's like media affects people. And it's just a thing. It's like. uh, Media and struggle. And struggle. And struggle, you can either go light or dark side, essentially. It depends on what you're exposed to, your early development, and what empathy you've been shown in your life in order to actually give that out. I mean, this even goes to. With struggle even down to like people who have like narcissism or codependency yeah. or things like that and it all kind of it, it is a nurture versus nature it's both and oh, then yeah. also on top of everything epigenetics is a real thing mike it's one of those things too like at at work um i've been fortunate enough to be in a leadership role and there are times when like other new leaders will come to me and be like well how do i do this how do i do this i'm afraid to make mistakes and i swear to god none, none of them know this because i don't want to out myself as a nerd at work but like, <laughs> I, I quote i quote captain kirk all the time because he <laughs> says to john harriman in uh star trek generations oh yeah the captain like, of too risky, the enterprise b yeah yeah he looks at me he goes risks part of the game if you want to sit in the big chair and that's what i tell I, I tell people that all the time because like that's part of it like you can't be afraid to make a decision and like that it does it inspires you it, it makes you want to be a better person if you're watching it correctly i know that that, yeah. that sounds yeah. awful how Absolutely. do you watch stuff correctly because I, star trek's about hope it's not about blowing up aliens with with photon torpedoes it's and people don't see that all the time i mean i'll tell you i i, I had a very 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 rough upbringing um a great deal of trauma, a great deal of, of issues, and I and I can say over and over and over, the only reason I'm still on this planet, the only reason I was able to get through it and still try to be a decent human being and want to fight for my own life, it's been comic books. It's been comic books. It's been, it's been these stories. It's been seeing that even in, in the worst moment of your life, you can still make the right decision and still 
help oh, others absolutely. in the process. Like if yeah. I didn't have X Men, if I didn't have Star Wars, like if I didn't have Lord yeah. of the Rings, those were probably the three big things. And all of those are based on hope. All of those oh, yeah. are, you know, on, on empathy and caring about others. And unfortunately, we get so bogged down by whether it's media or education just not teaching the full story because we know that's true. And a lot of the issues that we've seen, look at the areas of where they are. And I speak also of epigenetics because that's the real thing. And then what's, you know, t taken down generation to generation, including hate, hating towards, you know, certain races, hating towards certain genders, hating with all of this change. And, and a lot of those people don't even have a lot of education even behind them. But there's so many factors that are playing into it. But I swear to God, if we did not have these stories, some of us would not be here and not able to, True. you know, try to be oh, good absolutely. and spread that good. Yep. So I, were, I just feel so blessed times. to have it all. Yeah, many of us. Yeah. I do too. Most of there, us, I dare say. Yeah, yeah there were times where I had to make tough decisions that were not popular. And I knew it was going to cause me issues at my workplace because I was standing up for what I knew was right. And it sounds yes. dumb. And I get it. You know, like somebody's probably going to chuckle when they hear this. But like when I needed to remind myself that I needed to make the right decision and I had to stand by my morals regardless, I literally put on a Captain America t shirt underneath my work <laughs> shirt. I love it. Because love it, it was so a reminder. It was a reminder to myself that, like, you need to do the right thing. You know, you don't need to be what – did, what did Erskine say to him? I don't need you to be a great soldier. I need you to be a great good man. man. No, just be, just be yeah. a good man. Yeah. Be a good man. And that's mm. that was the reminder to me. Actually, it was I, like, I, you do what's right regardless. I'll give you an example but, in the recently. I'm sorry for interjecting because we oh, have no, you're good. not much time. Uh, the president of Ukraine. The only reason that country didn't fall apart is because that guy said no. And he, didn't, he had every chance, like the guy in Afghanistan, to pull I mean, out there. Ukraine and is literally, rebellion is built on hope. It's literally daredevil right now. Yeah. It's just like, you want to knock me down? I might have like the crap kicked out of me, but I'm still fighting and I'm pushing you back. And I'm pushing. And that's the thing is that that guy had every chance to leave. The U.S. basically more than once said, get out of here. We'll take you out. And he's like, no. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Well, that's a leader. That's, that's an actual leader. Yeah. I, don't people need need. I don't need evacuation. I need guns. I think yep. it's Wow. Yep. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Brave mm -hmm. man. And, he, mm -hmm. and, and the funny thing about it is he was an actor before this. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. I had no idea. I think if he you have Netflix, Netflix Paddington you can see Bear. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Ukrainian voice of Paddington Bear. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, though. The idea that comics and science fiction and uh, you know the that these save people's lives i mean this is no joke uh, i have been saved and redeemed by my love of these genres and i think that's something that all of us uh crazy freaky geeky people share because there have been times in our lives when we have been so low and in those times what sustains us are these characters that we love you know or the art or the music yeah. or you know some element of all this that we internalize and incorporate into our lives and you know that we use as uh, a foundation or a flotation device or whatever is appropriate um, you know but that we cling to in that storm and when you come out on the other side of it and uh, it, it just it makes you appreciate the media even more you know and and that's when you start looking at it and you recognize wow wait a minute there's a message in this you know 
and uh, it's just it's very sad. It's not just explosions. It's not just some flashy lights and cool ships and whatever else. It, yeah. The, the message yeah. is so much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that people still don't get it. They still don't get it. It's just... Uh, anyway, look. That's all the time that we have for today's show. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. Check your local listings, see when it airs in your area, or visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got complete episodes of the show. We've got segments broken out. We've got everything you need there. Also, thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. The show airs as a podcast on all the platforms where you can download, find your favorite podcast. And the show re-airs right here on WERA each and every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. Come back and check it out or stream it. And, of course, the show airs in first run every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5, which is why we are here. And we're so grateful you have joined us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people. Stay safe. Keep the faith. Keep heart, because you deserve it. <laughs>